1: I'm Adriana Linares, I'm your host, I'm a legal technology consultant and trainer. Today I have a very special set of guests in a very special place. We are at the spring meeting of the Law Practice Division of the ABA and it's the actual first meeting of the new ABA Tech Show board. So I've got some board members here and some Law Practice Division active members and we thought we'd do a special recording for New Solo. I'm going to allow my guests to introduce themselves. I'm gonna start with Ivan, hi Ivan.
2: Hello, my name is Ivan Hemmons. I'm a senior manager for technical development at O'Melveny & Myers, where I've spent the last 18 years hanging out with lawyers.
1: You've been there for 18 years?
2: Yeah, started when I was nine. At least that's the story that I'm telling.
1: Right, your kids are older than you then.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> As, especially since I started subtracting last year.
1: So with a title like that, what do you do at, what is it, O'Vaney Melveny?
2: Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's O'Melveny, O'Melvany & Myers. And uh, what I do is I oversee the firm's technology learning initiative, so we help the people at the firm learn how to use the technology that's in front of them every day, Mm -hmm. and I also oversee... noble cause. Thank you. Yes, a never-ending battle for truth. Um, Yeah, it's it's great, And, and I also help think about new technologies and how we might be able to incorporate those into our tool set that we provide to all of the people at our firm.
1: And what are you doing here in the United States Virgin Islands?
2: Well, I also happen to be one of the planning members on the, uh, on the Tech Show Board, so I'm participating in this annual conference every year, learning what matters most to attorneys and bringing that back to my firm so we can incorporate not only what I know and share that with other people, but also help keep me abreast of things that change over time with respect to legal technology.
1: And before I let you go, there's mm-hmm. one very cool and unusual thing about you. I mean, there's probably a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> there's probably several. But... The one very cool thing about you is that you are a magician.
2: Oh, thank you. Yes, I do uh, practice amateur close up magic, primarily with coins, rings, and handheld objects.
1: Can you do one right now?
2: Uh, I totally could. But it's bad for radio.
1: I know, but it's fun for us.
2: Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes, actually, I think some <laughs> of you for guys great may have. great radio. You may have seen this. Yeah, it's, it's, you guys, your, your minds are going to be blown. Well, you won't be able to see anything, but it's we still, still kind of cool. So I just showed this guy, these guys, this uh, a few moments ago. My wife hates this trick. This is the uh, the, the wedding the, ring the, trick. The wedding ring trick. <gasps> oh <my God>! ah!
1: <laughs> he just pulled his finger off. Just pulled his finger yeah, off.
2: Yeah, so that's it. Yeah, she doesn't like that one. When, uh, when we got married, I actually proposed to her at a, a club in Hollywood, California, called the Magic Castle, a number of years ago, and uh, ever since then I've been learning magic. So now I know how to pull off my wedding ring magically without sliding it off the end of my finger. How
1: convenient. Interesting. I've got some friends who would like to know this. (laughs) Michael Downey, tell us about yourself.
3: Yes, I'm a legal ethics lawyer, and last February, so February of 2015, I started Downey Law Group, which I refer to as a One Plus Lawyer firm.
1: And we had you on right after you started your firm. I think this is great that you're back. Right after you started your firm, you came on and said, here's how I've been doing things. So for all our listeners who are interested in sort of backtracking to where you were a year ago, they can go on a new solo and and sort of look back. And you're going to probably give us some new updates and tips and ideas about how it's been so far out on your own as a new solo. Were you at a big firm, a mid-sized firm, a small firm?
3: I was at a 220-lawyer firm in St. Louis, which meant it was probably about the fifth largest firm in town.
1: Very good. And you decided to go out on your own.
3: I had actually been thinking about it and planning it for a long time, and uh, finally in February, made the
1: move. Great. We'll hear more a little, a little sure. bit more about that as we progress through our podcast. Hey, Dan Lear. What's up? It's good to have you here.
4: Good to be back. Or here. I've never been to the Virgin Islands, but I think I've been on your podcast before. Have you? I don't know. I know we've done a podcast together before. Oh, you
5: know what? We, we do... He's wanted to be. He's wanted yeah, I, to be.
4: I've, I've imagined oh, I this moment for so long.
5: <laughs> so many legal technologies
1: yeah. and lawyers have. We've done a lot of, like, at... Um,
4: like special reports.
1: Yeah, But we should definitely do one, just the two of us at some point. What are you doing here in the Virgin Islands? Oh, and I need to remember to ask Michael that. What are you doing in the Virgin Islands?
4: I, too, am hanging out at the Law Practice Division annual meeting. Uh... Interloping on the tech show board and uh, inserting my opinions, whether or not they are welcome. They're welcome, Um, by the way. Well, that's not what you said in the meeting, but I appreciate you (laughs) telling all of your uh, listeners that. And then I, uh, by day, I work for Avvo. I do outreach to the legal industry and kind of technology evangelism. I was a technology lawyer at two small firms for about eight years in In Seattle, Seattle, Washington. Yep. And what do you do for law practice division? Uh, I am on the law practice today board, so I write and edit a bunch of their magazines. Uh, what else have I done? Oh, I'm on the futures commission. I when they put the buffets of food out, right? right I eat those. Sure. So I help with that. Yeah. Um,
1: we'll Waste.
3: Right, exactly.
4: You're, you're exactly.
1: part of the lean system that we do here. Exactly. And then let me go back real quick before we introduce Babs. Michael, what are you doing here in the Virgin Islands?
3: I am actually a vice chair of the ABA Tech Show Board for ABA Tech Show 2017.
1: Do you think that's um, a promotion or demotion from your previous roles at law practice?
3: Well, I, I am a past division chair. And I sort of saw it as coming out of retirement. So it's That's been great. interesting.
1: Well, it's been so far in the past two days. We, this is the first meeting of the Tech Show 2017 board. And it has been really nice having you, as well as Ivan, who's been, who's a veteran on the board compared to you. And we have another new member of the Tech Show board. Hey, Barbara. Hi. It's nice to see you again. Tell us more about yourself.
5: Well, I'm Barbara Leach, a.k.a. Babs. And I have a small firm in Orlando, Florida, where I practice predominantly family law and consumer bankruptcy and some civil litigation
1: great and you're a brand new member of the Tech Show Board.
5: I am. I'm very honored and excited to be here with y'all. Great.
1: Well I thought it'd be cool if I asked several of our experts about some just let's do a tip session. Right? This is New Solo and our goal here at New Solo is to help new solos, whether they are like Michael, attorneys who've been practicing for a long time in a bigger practice go out on their own, or young lawyers or law students who are thinking about going on their out on their own. The things that they really need to think about when they're either a year or two or brand new into their new solo practice. So I'm gonna start with maybe Michael, because didn't you just have your one year anniversary? I did. So when you launched your practice, no, I'm a new lawyer today, and I come up to you and go, hey, I heard you started your solo practice a year ago, what's the number one thing you learned going on on your own that every new solo should know?
3: Cash flow is critical is the big thing I would start with.
1: Nodding, heavy nodding from Dan Lear.
3: Totally, yeah. I mean, so, uh, and I,
4: I only have a lot of, I have experience with this. Well, I, I mean, I worked at two small firms. I also actually watched, my father was a small business owner, so I sort of watched him and had discussions with him. But I also did an MBA when I, when I went to law school and you learn about, and I'm not even gonna remember them now. You yeah. learn that there's three different ways that you can look at a business. There's the balance sheet, income statement, and cash flow statement. And I remember, I just remember very fundamentally, like when you talk about big businesses, all three are important. When you talk about small businesses, the balance sheet and the income statement become a whole lot less relevant. And like how much money is coming in every month and how you're gonna pay for those expenses becomes very, very relevant. And it's a very interesting dynamic that I think a lot of people don't think about.
3: I actually get an email from my bank every early morning, 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. that says what the balance of my operating account is. And it's one of those critical numbers i mean i probably don't need the email because i know where it is but it's one of those critical numbers to know just on a day-by-day basis and kind of interesting enough i had spent actually about 15 years at large firms and wrote a book actually on law firm practice that does not have a section on cash flow and i'm updating the book interesting and and the interesting thing is because as a large firm i didn't feel that cash flow as much and there's Mm -hmm. enough money circulating around that it's not critical but with a small firm, it is absolutely critical to know, do I have money to pay the rent? Do I have money to pay my employees? Do I have money to pay myself? Or do I have to lend money back to the firm to cover those basic expenses?
1: So I hate to even, maybe this is good and maybe this is bad, but bring it back down to basics. But what does cash flow mean?
3: Cash flow really is where is your money? Do you have money coming into the business that is available to pay your expenses? And it's watching the money come in and out. So it's important to be able to you know to control your, your credit card payments and your checks and the cash coming in and to make sure that you're handling transfers from your trust account properly and making sure that when you write a check to someone that it doesn't bounce
1: that would be really terrible it is bad barbara yes you've had your solo practice for how long now almost five years so if i walked up to you today and i said wow you've had a solo practice for five years it's pretty good pretty successful thanks what should i
5: know in terms of how to get started
1: Just the number one thing that if a new attorney walked up to you and said, what is the biggest lesson I've got to make sure I get a hold of right
5: now? Establish your brand immediately. Interesting. Oh, another agreeing nod from Dan Lear. All right, so what does that mean? Well, I think it means, at least to me, who am I? What kind of clients do I want to attract? What image do I want to present to my community? When I opened my law firm, the most important thing I did, literally after spending money on my logo, was to plan a law firm launch party. And I sent a hard copy invitation to a thousand people across the entire country for two reasons. One, I wanted them to know that I was opening my own firm, having, like Mike, left a large firm. And then number two, inviting them to come to a law firm launch party. Now, I did not really expect people in California to come to the event, but I wanted them to know that they were invited. And it was fantastic because I actually had over 250 people come to my law firm launch party on a Thursday night happy hour. And I left there having established tremendous credibility with some of my former coworkers who might not have known what kind of lawyer I would be having my own firm, but they knew I could throw a really good party, which actually resulted in referrals.
3: I want to agree with what Babs just said. It was interesting, I didn't have a party when I opened my firm, but I did have a party as effectively an anniversary party for my first year. And the interesting thing that happened there was a lot of people saw that I had such a nice party and a lot of people there, and it really gave me an incredible amount of credibility. It was like, wow, this, this little firm is actually a real firm and a real provider of legal services, and it frankly really, I think, it improved my credibility far more than I thought it would.
1: But Mike, take a second to talk about which you've done several times over the past couple days. It's been very helpful to talk about how little it cost you to send those invitations out.
3: Yes, it was actually funny. I just I did four hundred and fifty mailed invitations and kept about another fifty printed invitations. The total bill was about three hundred and sixty dollars. And I used a local printing company, but they were professionally done. They looked very good. And you know, from that that was one of the keys to getting about eighty people at the or eighty to ninety people at the party.
1: Wonderful. Now Ivan. You meet a lot of new lawyers, not necessarily new solos because you're with a bigger firm, but when a new lawyer comes to you, what are the things that you think, oh my gosh, if you only knew this thing, it would be so helpful for you in practicing law?
2: Well, I think there are a few key things that a person would need to know. And and I usually look at this from a technology perspective. So I think understanding where the documents that you plan to create are going to live Mm -hmm because uh, many of the lawyers, at least the new ones that I talk to, whether or not they are at firms that I visit, many of them don't necessarily realize they're in the writing business. They're professional writers that get paid for the words that they produce. And part of the process of creating a document is creating one that not only looks, uh, that sounds good, but also looks good, Mm. is well formatted and can be relied upon to continue working in the future. So I would say that, a good amount of time spent in learning how to use Microsoft Word, which seems to be the, let's say lingua franca, that's the, the sort of standard format that's accepted across a lot of different uh, firms, whether or not it's a, an individual person at home on their own computer, or if you're talking and exchanging documents with other firms, knowing how to use Microsoft Word well is going to serve you in the long run, Pretty especially true. as your documents get longer, more complex, maybe have tables of contents, table of authorities, those are uh, things that can cause a person who's trying to meet a filing deadline lots of pain if they don't know what to do and how to make Word behave the way they expect. Okay,
1: Dan, when you meet a new lawyer,
4: a new solo, yeah, I've to... just been sitting honestly back and uh, sort of in awe at Not Babs's at Babs's comment. No, I, I was thinking because I, I mean, I haven't lived this. I practiced at two small firms. I talk to a lot of lawyers. I talk with a lot of lawyers. And I, I tend to be more of a forest guy, and I thought I actually thought Babs and Mike really complement each other nicely, right? Mike was very trees, like how do you pay the bills right. tomorrow? And Babs was very forest, and I tend to be I tend to be much more forest. But that was exactly the answer I would have given, and and I feel like I'm even sometimes too forest for lawyers. But I really loved, like, because I I fundamentally think that the lawyers that I see that are the most successful, that are the happiest that have the most, for the most part, well-run practices are those who at their very core know why it is that they're doing. And I, you know, Ivan, you might, you probably see this in your firm too, right? Like, they're securities litigators, right? And they are stoked to be at O'Melveny or whatever it is, right? Because that's the thing—that's the thing that they are, right? I mean, maybe I believe it or not, I think there are people out there who get excited about that stuff, right? And whatever it is, right? We may not. They do,
1: like, wouldn't
2: right. it be terrible
1: to be practicing securities law and, and hate it? And
4: there's a there's a whole lot of unhappy lawyers out there, which is another discussion entirely. But I just really loved what Bab said because I think, like, if you can figure out what that thing is, right? From there, you figure out what kind of a practice you want. You figure out what kind of work you want to be doing. You figure out how to attract the kinds of clients that you want to work with. You figure out how to attract the kind of employees you want. It all stems from that core of like figuring out who you are and what you want. And so many lawyers, and bless their hearts for a variety of reasons, like they, it's door law, right? They just they yeah. just open up and it's like whatever comes in and I understand the need. I understand all the psychology around that. but taking that time to figure out what kind of a lawyer you want to be and how you want to do it. I loved it.
0: Ready to create and build your own solo or small firm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360-degree experience of starting a business? There is only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals. Solo Practice University the only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than 1,000 classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today.
3: Actually, add, one of the advantages that I had was I really had a focused practice when I started my own firm. You knew what you wanted to and, do. And, and the great thing was that I had spent the time building that forest. And so when it really came down to it, the thing that surprised me, frankly, was how much I needed to watch the day-to-day finances. But it's absolutely key. And, and frankly, I mean, we turn away the vast majority of potential clients that come to us. Hmm. And part of that is, it's kind of funny to say, yeah, we've got the small firm. I mean, I have a small firm that in its first year opened 160 client files. And we turned away, I mean, I brought a lot of clients with me. But when it came to the new clients, we were turning away more new potential clients than we were taking. And frankly, there are those clients where I get off the phone and I hang up and I say, you know, we're not taking them, and I have this big smile like, and they're crazy. Or they would be so many headaches and so many problems that I wouldn't want to have them as a client. And it's just great to realize that you have to have that good filter to say, this is someone I want to represent, and this is someone I don't want to represent.
1: How do you get there? How do you? Uh,
4: And I just want to chime in and say, to be clear, my comment about you being very trees, that was not a diss, right? That's super important. But sorry, go ahead, Adriana.
1: Well, I think so. Michael said, I had a book of business because I left a bigger firm. And there it is. Barbara, how did you develop your book
5: of business? I made friends. That sounds glib, but it's true. When I started my firm, I didn't have a book. I had zero clients. In fact, I largely entered practice areas of which I had not been a practitioner previously. But I had established myself in the Central Florida legal community with being somebody who was a helpful person. And by that, I mean that people come to me for advice, for help, for feedback, and the first thing that I do is help others. And I think when you put friends and colleagues' needs first, then it pays back tenfold. So I've had classmates and colleagues who want to go out on their own, or have gone out on their own, and they're struggling to find clients, and they say, you know, Babs, how did you do it? And I say, frankly, it hasn't been that hard because I have an established track record of helping others. And everybody
1: needs a lawyer. What I think is really funny about this current setup is you've got the two non-lawyers, the trainers on this side of the table, then you've got the lawyers over there. And meanwhile, our views are so different. So I completely agree with Ivan, that understanding, knowing how to use basic technologies is incredibly important because once you decide to go out on your own or you start a practice, if you're not efficient, if you don't know how to manage all that work that you're getting using, in my of course, technology at this day and age, nobody's sitting around without using technology, it's incredibly important. So I'm gonna flip back to Ivan and say, after Word, which I completely agree is probably the first technology, aside from the social aspect and the marketing aspect and the business aspect, the basic technology competencies that you have to have, Word for sure. What's your second?
2: Well, geez, uh, there's so many different ways you can look at it, but I would imagine from a brand new perspective, learning the inside and out of your email calendaring program. Mm -hmm. Preach. Yeah, Yeah, so if you're in an environment that has more than one person, making appointments and meetings with those people and being able to do it in a way that you can reliably remember to be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there, Learning how to use the calendar program as part of Microsoft Outlook, which is kind of a a combination of several tools. You've got email, calendar, contacts, notes, and tasks. I'd say the calendaring part is almost every bit as important as the email part. Emailing for having the communication, the conversation about whatever it is that's important to discuss, and then the calendar for managing the time and place that you and the other person or other people need to be.
1: And or, if I might add, your document needs to be. So we're thinking about filings and deadlines. So again, I totally agree. Being able to manage not just where you need to be, but where your documents, your colleagues, your assistants need to be, I think is really important. Next best tip, Babs Leach.
5: Well, not just Outlook in terms of calendar, but email management. You have to have a way to manage your email. And it's important, I'm gonna be tree-y for a moment, as opposed to forest <laughs> It's important to put these procedures in place, frankly, before you need them. So you need to have an email filing system either within Outlook or some kind of archive, if you're gonna save them as PDFs, if you're gonna have a practice management software that will allow you to save your emails, regardless, you need to figure that out now Not when you have 10,000 emails in your inbox and you're struggling with what the step to save is going to be. And,
2: you know, I'd like to chime in really quick. Slightly different take on this. Since we're speaking to solos, I would recommend that you have your domain handy. Excellent. And that you invest the time. This falls under the personal brand. But rather than having I'm a new solo at (laughs) gmail.com, maybe establish your website address and then have your name at whatever your domain is. Okay, so first, let me just say this. And I, I
4: mean, this should not even... If you are listening to this podcast, it means that you care that much more about being a solo practitioner than the rest of the solo practitioners out there. No disrespect. Do not ever... AOL. Well, that's for completely different. Or at AOL, <laughs> or, or at Comcast, Earthlink, or Earthlink, uh, or Gmail, MSA. Uh Yeah, AOL. do not. Yes, AOL. Don't. A, it's unprofessional. B, if you think you, I mean, it's it's just unprofessional. That's the main. And I was gonna even say from like a generational standpoint, every every millennial has their own domain, right? I mean, you can set up websites so easily. But third, and very very much more significantly, and I heard a. A gentleman up in New York whose name I'm not going to remember. I was at a, a conference, a law practice management conference up there, and he said, and specifically this relates to Gmail, but I would say it's probably true if you're using Outlook or any of the other big providers. If you are not paying, and I'll just use Google Docs, but that's, if you are not paying for Google Docs, you are the product. Yes. That is, that is a hundred and it, it's 10 bucks a month. It costs nothing. Even if you believe that using the free version doesn't violate your ethical duties of confidentiality and protection of information, and all of that. Even if you believe that, it's just, just,
1: it's ugly. Yeah, How about it Just, just, ugly? just,
4: just don't, just don't do it.
1: And
5: you'll be taken less seriously. It's true. Oh, fundamentally, I was just
1: gonna say that. As a non-lawyer, if I was looking for a lawyer and somebody handed me their business card and it had a Gmail address on it, that's a no-go for me.
3: Which is the other reason to go a different direction and get that domain. You're going to want to print up cards. You're going to want to print up stationery. And you're certainly not going to want to change your email address once your firm gets going. So you've got to do it at the front end.
1: If I remember right from our New Soul interview with you, that was the first thing you did was find the domain name that you wanted.
3: Yes. And actually, I started off with 14 domain names. And I've held on to, I think, 12 of them. And it's partially because I wasn't exactly sure what I would want. And also, like, I'm still working on getting a firm newsletter together. And I wanted to have it have a separate domain. There's things like that where I wanted to have available domain. And I'm
2: imagining you also wanted to uh, control for misspellings of your domain as well.
3: To some degree, yes. I mean, probably,
2: frankly, I didn't do as well as I should have.
1: He will now. It's not too late. Well, listen, I know that um, we're all here trying to work, but also enjoy some time on the island. And I really want to thank you all because it's very late in the day and we've had two long days of meetings. And just want to say thank you all so very much for taking a few extra minutes to talk to us. I'm going to ask each of you to do two things as we go around and sign off. And that is, one, remind everybody how, or just tell everybody, because we didn't even start with that, how they can either find, friend, follow you, learn more about you. And then if you have one sign-off tip that you can think of real fast, that would be helpful too.
2: Sure. Uh, so my name is Ivan Hemans, you can actually find me at Hemans.com, that's H-E-M-M-A-N-S, and like Nancy, uh, you can also find me on Twitter and all of those other places at IHemans. And if I were to give you a tip, we were talking about Word earlier, I'd say the one tip, and this is useful in longer documents where you're jumping around making edits all over the place, Shift F5 will jump you back to your last edit point. If you're working in a document, it remembers the last three edit points. And if you're opening the document from last time, Shift F5 will take you to the last place that you type text in that document.
1: Oh, Michael Downey liked that one. I think he may have picked a new one up. I did. And does that work on the Mac?
2: Uh, you know what? I believe it does work on the Mac, but Yeah, because I can't remember the keyboard shortcut, I'll tell you that if you go to the go to command or the browse by command, you can find browse by edits, which will let you jump back through your document by the edit. Excellent. Michael Downey? You know, the one thing I would really emphasize is making
3: sure that you calendar and use time to build your practice. And the two specific things I would say are make sure that you include marketing as a valuable part of your activity. Maybe not every day, but certainly every week. And frankly, every day is better than every week. And the second thing is make sure you get your bills out. The one lean period I had, I was so busy, I didn't get my bills out. Which then when I was less busy, I was really looking at that cash flow and cash cursing flow myself. took
1: a little dump. Hey, did you remind everyone how they can either oh, find, friend, or yeah. follow you? Yes,
3: and you can find me at downeylawgroup.com or I think I'm Michael P. Downey on Twitter.
1: <laughs> this is like asking a lawyer for their iTunes password when you're trying to teach them something. And they're like, I don't know what my iTunes password is. They also rarely remember. If they're not big Twitter users, they're Twitter names. And I
3: should actually say that my primary social media is LinkedIn where I'd be happy to connect with people.
5: Excellent. Okay, so this is Barbara Leach and I am Barbara at bleachlaw.com i.e. we clean up your messes (laughs) like Clorox. I'm also Pink Lady Lawyer on Twitter or if you find me in Facebook, typically I have a profile picture with my dog in it. She's a long-haired Chihuahua, and we call her the chihuahua. She <laughs> She's actually more popular than I am, but that's just bitterness. It's a whole problem. The tip I would leave with y'all is keep in mind you are a solo, not a silo. And it is crucial for you to realize that just because you're on your own, that you are not alone. Reach out to colleagues, either through bar functions, specialty bars, local bars, your statewide bar, or the ABA. Make connections with those people who are similarly situated as you are either practice size or practice area or just general geography. And you will find that there are many people who are going through the same growing pains and opportunities as you are. Remember, solo, not silo.
1: Dan, did you remember
4: their? T- I, I didn't, but I'll <laughs> start in on something, and I I've never been at a loss for words before, so I'm sure it'll get solved. Uh, my social media addiction of choice is Twitter, so you can find me at RightBrainLaw. Law. My what website. Does
1: that mean exactly? I've been meaning.
4: To do you want the you story? Know. I'll yeah, make it quick. I so, uh, why is it? Why is it? Dan Dan Pink uh, is a well-known kind of business writer, also a law grad. Back in like 2005, 2006, never practiced law. He wrote a book called A Whole New Mind. And his assertion in that book was that the information age, the the age of kind of humans acting like computers was coming to an end. And so this unflinching focus on analytical skills was not necessarily, it would be necessary, but not sufficient for work in the Back new digital she's age. Having a I don't know
5: what's happening
1: with She's actually having
2: a nerdgasm right now. Necessary.
5: I almost finished his sentence in my mind. Necessary, but not sufficient. How many times did we discuss that preparing for the LSAT before going to law school? It is such a true fact.
4: There you go. So he wrote this book and he talks about a bunch of different professions and gives great examples, like in medicine about how people, and, oh, and, and so then, so he goes on to say, he gives like four or five different things that sort of exemplify this, uh, this right brain mentality, play, humor, design, a bunch of really, and anyway, he gives all these examples of a bunch of different professions, but he never, as a lawyer, the guy as a law grad, he gave two very limited examples of legal. And I read this book and it was a total revelation for me because I was really interested in sort of these kinds of ideas. And so I, so I was like, I want to kind of bring this revolution, this way of thinking to legal. So that's where it came from.
5: Did it shift your paradigm? Fully.
4: Yeah. My paradigm was completely shifted. It's a
5: whole new paradigm. Yeah.
4: Um, I can't, I, I'm not going to remember my tips. So <laughs> what I'm just going to say is just lawyers, solo lawyers in particular, I have mad respect for you. I really do. Like it takes a whole lot to go out on your own, to run a business. It really does. Like you're laughing at me, but I, I have, it's a courageous endeavor and I, uh, I have a ton of respect for solo lawyers, a, a ton.
1: So your tip isn't going to be claim your Avo profile?
4: No, that's so, that's so ham-handed. You. No I way. I
1: will do it for you. It's too obvious. That, no, I think that's
2: did a... You, did, yeah. you obvo-ish? Obvo-ish? Wait, what did you say Avo ish
4: No, I said it's too ham-handed. Oh, okay. I don't
1: even yeah. know what that means. You it means lawyers, it's too you obvious. You use such fancy words.
2: It's awesome.
1: It's my turn. I have a great tip. If you're listening to this before March of 2017, and you are a new solo or thinking about becoming a new solo, or you're a new lawyer, or you're an older lawyer, and you're just looking for ways to get overloaded on how to learn technology, use technology, become a more efficient and productive lawyer, become a stress-free lawyer, I really encourage you to attend the ABA Tech Show. I've been involved for about 15 years. I'm lucky enough to be the chair this year for 2017. We have a really hard working board whose whole goal is to make Tech Show amazing and valuable for lawyers. So make sure you visit techshow.com and come see us. Between now and then, if you have ideas for sessions, speakers, topics, anything that you'd love to see at a technology conference for lawyers, you can always find me at Adriana L on Twitter. It's my first initial, my last name. Uh, my website is at lawtechpartners.com and you can always make sure you visit LegalTalk Network learn more about New Solo and uh, all the great podcasts that we have on Legal Talk Network. So for now, I'm going to sign off from the Virgin Islands and thank all my guests again. Everyone's spouses and friends are waiting for us at the barbecue down on the beach, so I think we should go. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice, solo.